Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cripps, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! For the Burning River Sportscast. The stage has been set and NFL Championship Week is upon us. The Ravens, probably the NFL's best all season, will take on perennial contender and pop culture powerhouse Taylor Swift and the Chiefs. Representing the NFC preseason darling San Francisco continues their run of dominant defense and efficient offense as they have all season long, except the time the Browns beat them down with a journeyman named P.J. Walker. And they will face off one of the hottest teams in the league, a team that feels like it's playing for more than football, the long embattled and beleaguered Detroit Lions. Ravens Chiefs, Niners Lions, one of these teams will be crowned champion. In the midst of the NFL season winding down, the other 28 teams sit wondering how they could still be playing football this time next year. Some like your Cleveland Browns have already taken decisive actions into figuring that out. And we'll break it all down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. Patrick Mahomes is a freaking wizard. Wide right. I know, and, and that guy's—he's probably getting cut tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> sorry about history, that. History, history repeats itself. I only have one word of caution about this Detroit thing. What is it? This Detroit team is going to be good for a couple of years, and these Detroit fans are going to get really annoying. Oh, that's probably fair. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Think about how annoying Browns fans would be to everybody else <laughs> if, if we want to if we won once. Right. because uh, Jordan Love on first and uh, 10 with two timeouts left in Just a minute. full Brett Favre. Yeah, he was like, I'm going to throw it into three guys. <laughs> Triple coverage. I, I think... That would be the ultimate villain move for Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield would... He's, he's instantly the best quarterback on that roster. Listen, I... Um, we Baker was here long enough for me to know that Baker's petty. Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying. It's the ultimate villain move. <laughs> and Baker would definitely go to Pittsburgh just so he would have the chance, even if it doesn't work out the way he wants it to. Just the chance to knock the, the Browns out of The chance to shit on the Browns every, every, every year or twice a year. And, and, and Rodgers got broken. Broke his leg. His, his, uh, Ayahuasca. He ran the flag out, and then he's, he was gone. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
uh, and we will also have our own Tiki Hut that we'll be doing a podcast from the beach uh, type thing. A beach cast. A, a burning beach. river beach cast. Burning river beach cast. Hell yes. uh, I will be interviewed. What is the Super Bowl that would be if it's Detroit versus Kansas City? Because the Kansas City's got, you know, the Kelsey's and Taylor Swift. It'll be like pop culture America versus like hardworking blue collar America. It'll just be a civil war. Yeah, it'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. (laughs) So much more interesting than Baltimore versus San Francisco. Welcome in to another exciting edition of the Burning River Sportscast presented by Tappan Media and brought to you by Seaside Events as the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns and organizer of the Browns Fan Cruise. I'm Kenny Thunder like El Resto. I keep half my brain tied behind my back just to keep it fair. Joined as always by the man who once piloted a personal aircraft in an emergency landing safely smack dab in the middle of Kim Kardashian's landing strip, Red Hot Ronnie Jams. Our hearts are out and heavy with the big bone man and his family tonight who will not be joining us due to an unexpected family emergency. If you watch or listen to the show and you love the big bone, say a prayer, drop a thought, color a picture, whatever your God says you're supposed to do when hoping for peace in a difficult time. Back to Red Hot, where can our listeners find all the Burning River Sportscast content, including our exclusive interviews with Browns backers and former Cleveland Browns players in preparation for what is going to be, as Frank Stamps put it, the most fun you're allowed to have in international waters. The Browns fan crews put on by our good partner, Seaside Events. <laughs> you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, the only place that you can find our video podcast and the video version of all those interviews that you just mentioned, um, especially the one with Frank Stams, where he mentions that it is the most fun that you could have in international waters. Legally. Uh, legally. Yeah. Uh, regardless, it's the most fun uh, in, in any way that you could have in international waters. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handle for all those socials is at Burning River Sportscast. Uh, and that includes YouTube. And we are on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, as well with the handle at Burning River Pod. And while you're at it, check out our merch, www.thetappinmedia backslash, uh, I'm sorry, www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. Uh, <coughs> yeah, right there. Uh, you mean uh, take over? Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, we got all kinds of stuff in the shop, the cruise line, the chub line, cold weather gear. Uh, it's all there. Make sure you get some. Uh, we, I actually just ordered all of our cruise stuff for us. Nice. Uh, so cruise stuff, cruise good. stuff, yeah, cruise stuff. It's going to be good. Um, it's like cruise chef, cruise chef, cruise chef. Yeah. Uh, we don't, <laughs> no, no. Um, but make sure you check out the store. Uh, we're constantly adding new things there. And then, uh, so here's the deal. Oh. The Browns are out of the playoffs, so yeah. we had to watch the Ratbirds dominate the team that beat us Feels this bad. week. Uh, so it felt really, really bad. I hate the playoffs when the Browns aren't in them. Uh, especially when a division rival is playing well, it's always always the worst. So, you know, I don't have I don't have a lot of uh, quips to get into this thing. Uh, I just want to get into it. It's not I'll like you, it's not like college where you kind of root for your conference to like no to, to because I, I people tried to do that last year if you remember, uh, and, and we on the show were firmly against that because what's the point of that? Like, it's not like college. Like your conference being tougher doesn't do anything for anybody you don't get style points in the nfl anywhere no um just because you're in a tough conference you don't get you know the benefit of the doubt when you have that one extra loss and there it comes down to the end of the season it's strictly <laughs> like yeah, you, you there's do no, get style, there's no uh, style points in college yeah there's no committee involved so it's you're you know nobody's 
it's it's strictly by your record and all the tiebreakers that are already in place. And we know we're in the toughest division. So yeah, so I don't want any of them to win. Um, and, and it doesn't do anything for us to say. Well, the AFC North won a championship. It doesn't do anything for us. So, um, yeah, I don't root for anybody in the division. Um, I only root for the Browns. Uh, and I only root for the Browns in general. So, there's that. Go um, Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> uh, but let's get into it. Uh, we what, what do we have planned for him today, Kenny? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Why'd you ask me? I don't know. <laughs> uh, today, we've got updates on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, all news that has broken in the past week. Uh, there's actually been quite a few things, so we'll get into all that. Um we follow that with the divisional round recap for the NFL. Uh, no Brownsbackers interviews today. Uh, still letting everyone decompress from the season. Uh, may do some of these in the offseason. May not. We may keep that as a football season thing. Uh, we'll see. We're still kind of uh, deciding where we want to go with, with the Brownsbackers interviews. But they will be back. They will be back. Uh, also, no interview with the Browns alumni that will be joining us on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise in March. Uh, we have one left. Um, I'll go ahead and say it's, it's going to be Hanford Dixon. Uh, but we're just working on schedules, so um, we got to get him scheduled. There's only uh, not that many days left before the fan cruise, so it's it's going to happen. And it's going to happen here soon. It has to be Hanford Dixon because he's the only one left that we haven't interviewed right. going on the fan cruise. Right. Yes. So uh, that'll be out soon, uh, and, and you guys will be the first to hear it because you'll be listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, go back and catch the old ones. Uh, great stories to be heard there, and we've also started cutting these up into real shorts, TikToks, depending on what platform you're on. Uh, so make sure you check all of those out. Uh, and then finally, we round out the show today with the AFC-NFC Conference Championship previews. So without further, further gilding the lily and with no more ado, I give to you the one, the only, the Burning River Sportscast! God, I'm good. Oh, and, and this is the Burning River News Story of the Week. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Okay, so uh, we've got an interesting one for you today for the news story of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, those uh, nutty guys down in Oklahoma, uh, (laughs) have announced a bill that would ban you from sending sexy selfies unless you are married. Uh, Yes, you heard that right. The wide-reaching bill would make merely viewing obscene materials a felony. It would also restrict unlawful porn distribution and production uh, with enforcement possible through both criminal prosecution and private lawsuits and make it a misdemeanor to pose for exhibit or publish unlawful porn. And of course it would define these terms to include a huge array of sexually charged adult activity far beyond what many people would consider (laughs) pornography. Uh, Kenny, I'm going to start with you. I have my own thoughts, but I'm going to start with you. What do you think here? Well, I would say, um, you know, just to kind of round that out, the bill does say specifically that it's not meant to prevent spouses from sending images of a sexual nature to each other. (laughs) So that's how we got kind of the the headline of this would, you know, would stop sexy selfies from anyone but a spouse. But literally any other... Not intended for a spouse, but the way that this bill is written, this is so far wide-ranging, comes to us from our good friend, Senator, State Senator, Dusty Devers. (laughs) With a name like that, of course, you're against porn. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's probably pretty dusty himself. So this wasn't 
actually introduced yet. It's supposed to be formally introduced on February 5th, but the text has already been filed last week. Uh, so we have a little bit of advanced notice into how wide-ranging this is. Probably because it's so ridiculous that somebody was like, I, I got to <laughs> let people know. Like, this is going to be fucking wild. Um, you mentioned kind of, you know, how to define, like, unlawful porn. Like, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. Specifically, it's any visual depiction or individual image stored or contained in any format on any medium, including but not limited to film, motion picture, videotape, photograph, negative, undeveloped film, slide, photographic product, reproduction of a photographic product, play, or performance. When the depiction involves basically any sort of sex act, nudity, partial nudity, or sexual fetish, um, so that includes sexual intercourse, which is, quote, normal or perverted. Uh, along what does that with- even mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's the judge of what's normal and perverted? I, so I normally, like, I thought maybe perverted would be like oral or anal, but the bill goes on to describe oral and anal and masturbation. Well, I mean, just per, just to per, you know, compared to normal sex, I guess. Like, I don't know what is normal. What is normal sex? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, who's to say what's normal? Uh, also included is any lewd exhibition of uncovered genitals, buttocks, or if such female this person is a female, the breast for the purpose of sexual stimulation of the viewer. Hey, look, if any of this makes you uncomfortable, this is written in a law, in a bill to be voted on by state congress in Oklahoma. How do you, with a straight face, sit down and write this whole thing? Like, <laughs> like just the way that. You read it right now. I'd be laughing my ass off. I'd be like, I can't believe I'm even writing this, guys. Um, so, like, this is way further than so just stupid. like, like, what? like, do they think this is like, you know what this is? Have you have you ever seen Handmaid's Tale? Like, just like, just familiar, yeah. Just like, not necessarily just a hundred. I mean, it is. It 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 also uh, uh, is against women as well as men. But like, it's just to the point where it's like this dystopian future where the government is looking over your shoulder at all times, and everything you do is is like you have no rights anymore. <laughs> it just is such a it's, it's a strange infatuation for the government to have with porn in general. Right, and porn has long been been covered by the First Amendment. And Not to that, isn't there something in, in there about the First Amendment? In most court cases, well, did the one dude say something? Their position is that. It shouldn't be covered by the First Amendment. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's already established uh, that it is. It shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, in fact. Um, let's see. Who was it? Um, so the group is like part of a uh, spearheaded um, larger initiative called Project 2025 uh, with a bunch of different conservative groups on the advisory board where they literally are like on this mission to prevent porn because it should be outlawed and the people who produce and distribute it should be imprisoned. Um, so look, uh, just again, thinking about the wide range of this, this isn't just like, man, I got another dick pic on my phone. This is like, <laughs> this is like, um, any, yeah, we, any everybody, person. we can all agree unsolicited dick pics, not okay. <laughs> yeah, they should, they should not they should outlaw that. Um, <laughs> matter of like, fact, I think they have, this would be wide ranging to things like X videos, only fans, like individual, you know, producers of content that take their clothes off for a living. Um, um, yeah. So any you know social media platform, video app, streaming service, like do um, they just black out uh, Pornhub in Oklahoma? I <laughs> guess they would have to. Like you, if you live in Oklahoma, you can't access our website. I mean, these fines are um, astronomical, pretty pretty substantial. I mean, they're talking about statutory damages of ten thousand dollars for every image or depiction, um, plus um, you know. Like from there goes up to like twenty years in prison or a fine up to twenty five thousand um, dollars, and the way that's written, it's not just um, buying or procuring. It actually says viewing 
viewing, which is, which is wild. So they they've got to be able to track that somehow. They got to be able to to catch you viewing porn, <laughs> yeah, which is like, like what is my wife is 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 your wife whoever you know the wife or the partner of whoever's viewing the porn? Do they turn them in? <laughs> Of, uh, they were viewing porn last night. Look, I'd just like to make it, a report. It's just a, a very strange... Um, Here's the deal. I've got two things here, right? And, and I know we've talked about this before. One, let me just tell you a story, right? Is this a personal anecdote? No, no, no. no. This is just... It's not really a story. It's just kind of just, just facts, right? So if you have sex with somebody... Consensual sex. Consent, consensual sex with somebody and you pay them. It's illegal. Illegal. But that same consensual sex that you're having with them, you still pay them, but you film it and distribute it across the world. Pornography. Pornography. Protect. Totally illegal. Protected under the First Amendment. So, one, there's that. Like, what... <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing here. Um, and, and two, you mentioned it was mostly conservatives on this board, right? So yes, this is my problem with conservatives. This is my problem with uh, any uh, party affiliation whatsoever. Um, I'm not a big fan of conservatives uh, or Republicans. I'm not a big fan of liberals or Democrats. Uh, but you know what? I, Basically, where, any political party that's organized. Yeah, I don't. I don't usually get too political, but you know where I vote. I just want to know if something makes me more or less free. And if the answer is more, guess what? I'm probably voting for it. So, I mean, I know that was, that was a platform of, of a good, good friend of mine once <laughs> when they ran for office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be me. Um, yeah. Look, I think that that very, uh, kind of scenario you laid out just goes to show like how absurd it is that, um, but you can't that, make that, that up. That prostitution is illegal in this country or in, in the world in general. I mean, um, why would I go to jail for paying for something that I could get for free um, legally? Yeah. Um, that doesn't make any sense. But it, it, under it, this bill, unless that butt selfie is determined to be a serious artistic work um, of art, um, you, you go to jail for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These politicians and their wacky ideas. This just goes to this is like a guy that's like never received like a, a good sexy selfie before. No, nope. look, you didn't hear this from me, but like <laughs> if there was ever a time to like spam somebody's email box with just dick pic after dick pic, <laughs> this is the guy to do it to. He should, he should be getting them from men, women, everything. <laughs> like he should just get it all. So much, so many. Something's gotta gotta so tickle his fancy. So selfies. you know. <laughs> And then he'll be like, "Oh, I see the I see the benefit here." Oh, he could also man. see the ah, well, whatever. Just send him. Send. Him. I'm not. I'm not endorsing. Yeah, we're that, not. We're not telling you to. We're just saying this it's is an idea. If, if you were going to spam somebody's inbox, it's with, an idea. With porn. This would be the guys to do it to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna do it. But I'm not gonna do it. I don't. I don't recommend you do it. But if you were that kind of person that like to spam someone's inbox with porn, he's the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> All right. So that'll take us to in Brown's news. <laughs> We really need to. We really need to um, get our off season like scheduling back, like so we have our second. The Burning right. River Rundown. Yeah, something. Yeah, it's the Burning River Rundown. Do you want me to just redo that and say, "I'll take that to the take us to the Burning River Rundown"? Nah, we'll save it for next week. I'm just gonna keep all this in for now. All of this? Yeah. yeah. You guys this get to see good. how we make up our show. It's just <laughs> on the spot, on the fly. <laughs> this is how the sausage is made. Yeah. All right. So uh, the Browns have added a coach to their staff. And you're thinking it might be an offensive coordinator because that's what they're searching for. No! Well, it was an offensive coordinator. Well, he was. 
at uh, Alabama. They're hiring Alabama OC Tommy Reese as their new tight ends coach. And you mentioned it before we got on air here. You said, wouldn't it make sense to hire the offensive coordinator first just in case he has his own guys? But they didn't. You would think that, right? So the, this move is interesting because of that, right? Like if I was coming into an organization as an <laughs> offensive coordinator, it's kind of like you know your line of succession, right? Like you have your president, your vice president, president gets shot, vice president takes over. Like yeah. offensive coordinator, like when the Brown, when Kevin Stefanski had COVID, like Alex Van Pelt and Mike Prefer like took over and ran ran the show. Um, so you're like you know one bullet away from the top as offensive coordinator. That's why coordinator. Alex Van Pelt got fired is because he had more playoff wins than Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, him and Prefer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. You know, it's one of those things where you would think if you're coming into an organization as the offensive coordinator, you probably have a couple of guys that would be on your payroll because they've been with you for a while. You know them. You respect their experience. You seen, have seen them produce results in real time. Um, so to bring in a guy as your new tight ends coach and just kind of fill a void before the offensive coordinator is in place feels weird unless – Unless you're looking for another Alex Van Pelt that's just a dummy to um, a puppet to yeah. Stefanski because he's like, I'm the offensive coordinator. Yeah, like, so. To me, that's what it points to is just that that's, regardless of who they bring in, Stefanski's still the guy. The only other thing I can kind of point to is maybe this, this Tommy Reese is like an up-and-coming star and they just yeah, we got to get him on the staff before anybody else did. And it's like a three-year plan. They're like, he's going to be the offensive coordinator or whatever else yeah i mean um yeah i, I don't know but it, it, it was just it was kind of a strange move the order that they did it in um just goes to show too like how far reaching the nick saban um yeah. like blow up in alabama because we've seen a lot of players transfer out of the portal well, the, ohio, state, uh, ohio state got the, like, the top safety in the, in the in college football so um so yeah it's like saban retires and boom it's it's college we football, talked about this NFL, we said it was going to be a mass exodus everybody's gonna be gone yeah and that's what's happening. I mean, it's going to be a really hard baton to pick up for the next coach there. But anyways, um, the search continues for the running backs coach as well. Uh, but it seems like they've kind of settled on Deuce Staley as the front runner. I haven't even heard any other names for this yet. So No. Um, so I will say this. Uh, Deuce Staley, uh, there is now competition for him as it was announced that he is interviewing elsewhere now for the running backs coach position and running running game coordinator. Basically the same thing he's interviewing for with Cleveland. So With the Jets. With the Jets. So it, you got to take your pick from potentially Nick Chubb. Maybe not. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Or Brees Hall. Well, even if you have Nick Chubb, it's uh, how healthy is he going to be Nick Chubb versus right. a, a young star in Brees Hall. Lot, right. A lot of questions here, whereas uh, up-and-coming star in New York. So And New York is a New York. People like to go to New York for whatever reason. I hate New York, but people like to go there. And they have Aaron Rodgers coming back from injury this year. As so. much as I don't think that they're going to, you know, everybody's talking, you know, Aaron Rodgers come back, taking him to the promised land. I don't believe that. <laughs> Even if Aaron Rodgers is 100% healthy and plays his, his ass off next year, I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. But I would agree. But uh, it's still an exciting time to be around the Jets organization oh, with him sure. coming back. So there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of people talking about you. So, I mean, and it's New York. Yeah. I mean, if, if a guy like Deuce Staley has, <laughs> has aspirations to be a head coach, a place like New York has way more visibility New than Cleveland. New York. New York. Sorry. Uh, as far as. Sinatra's uh, in the yeah, house, apparently. Uh, as far as offensive coordinator goes, though, the Browns are deep into their search for the, for the coordinator position. Um, but they haven't hired anybody yet. Uh, right now, they've uh, interviewed several candidates. Uh, they've interviewed Ken Dorsey. Uh, he was most recently the OC for the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, he played quarterback Back for, Browns. for the Browns. Yeah, uh, he started two games too uh, in the three seasons that he was here. Three games in the three seasons he was here. 
Um, and people forget, he's, he's on the jersey. People forget he's on the, too, long, the long list of names on the jersey. <laughs> he's on the jersey. Um, Ken Dorsey was an incredible college quarterback. Yeah, um, that was who we played in the Buckeyes. You know, well, it was not first national championship, but the first of this modern era. Um, played Ken Dorsey when he was at the U. Yep. Um, and I mean, he was a prolific passer there yep. uh, in Miami. So. Uh, Couldn't be guy Ohio has State, a, though. Guy has a great resume. Was national champion as in college, and um, you know has had, had not a whole lot of success playing in the NFL, but has definitely caught on as a coach. So um, you know he kind of seemed like the the sacrificial lamb there in Buffalo when things just weren't going well um, because they did fire him midway through the season. Oh, and I think their um, turnaround this season had more to do with Josh Allen kind of sacking up and saying, "Oh shit, my offensive coordinator got." fired because I wasn't playing well and well, he, was, he played phenomenal down the stretch and, and, the, and the thing was it was it was one of those kind of like controllable like he wasn't taking care of the ball yeah you know it was a controllable variable so yeah once he started protecting the ball um all of a sudden they win it's simple yeah. as that yeah <clears throat> uh, but they've also interviewed Jared Johnson who is the current quarterbacks coach for the Texans um he started to get a little bit of buzz I think you know we were the first ones to really reach out and interview him for a position like this which seemed odd at the time because um he hasn't really done a whole lot in the league uh, but he did have a huge season with uh, C.J. Stroud down there. So since then, it's come out that a couple more teams are interested in, in interviewing him. So we'll I mean, see what C.J. happens. C.J. Stroud had a hell of a year as a rookie. He's really good. But I, we, you know, I, is that because C.J. Stroud is just really good? Like, was it Jared Johnson well, that, that made C.J. Stroud good, in, or did C.J. Stroud make Jared Johnson look better? I think in all these scenarios, like it's it's do we have a mutually beneficial like relationship, a mutually symbiotic That's relationship? Because I can tell you that a bad coach can certainly hinder a good player's oh, yeah. experience. I mean, we've, we've seen that here in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and then other candidates here, uh, <laughs> I mean, those are the only two that I know for sure that they've actually interviewed. Andy, Andy Dickerson from the Seahawks was another one. They interview him? Uh He's, or on, he's, on, he's on the list. list to be interviewed. Yeah, so uh, will you know Andy Dickerson's coming up. He was the offensive line coach for the Seahawks. Um, another one that's kind of been I heard has been thrown around, but I don't know if they've confirmed anything yet. I don't think they have. Um, Tim Kelly is out there. Um, Deshaun Watson's former offensive coordinator in Houston, most recently in Tennessee, is the offensive coordinator. But obviously, Vrabel's gone, uh, so he's kind of. Uh, uh, quote unquote uh, a free agent right now and can go wherever he wants with the head coach leaving in Tennessee yeah I mean I think this one makes sense because of wh- why did the Browns make this move in the first place why, why blow up your offense after um, this season when you had really a, your your offense played pretty well down the stretch with Joe Flacco and yep. your tight ends played really well Amari Cooper looked like he was having a resurgent year um and it's because it all indicators are the Browns kind of want to do what they did with the defense last year with the offense. They want to make this offense um, a Deshaun, more Deshaun friendly. We know Deshaun doesn't like to be under center, doesn't like his back to the defense, doesn't like to run a lot of play action, and that's really Kevin Stefanski's whole offense. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so Tim Kelly seems like kind of a slam dunk, at least for an interview, um, since he was working with Deshaun when Deshaun had his best season and threw for 4,800 yards and completed 70% of his passes uh, in Houston in his last year. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I hope they bring him in. Um, I would like to see even more candidates than just these four that we've thrown out here. Like, I think that's kind of light as far as like an offensive coordinator search. 
it's a pretty big position. Agreed. But again, that may point to the fact that regardless of who we get, Kevin Stefanski is still running the ship. So, oh, well, I mean, he, in, in, in all honesty, he does anyways. He's the head coach. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, does that point to more control on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you almost wonder, just like they did with Jim Schwartz, right? Like, there's a guy that has head coaching experience. Like, there's a lot of head coaches available out there right, right now that right. maybe could use, um, you know, some positive momentum with a, a team that's looking to to compete um, just from this year. So, but does do they want another uh, big personality in the building? It worked with Schwartz, so I don't know why yep. you know Kevin couldn't make that work on the offense. But I, we still don't know what the Browns' plans are on offense. We don't know if Kevin is for sure giving up play calling duties, or if this is supposed to again be kind of a, a, a puppet reign like um, Alex Van Pelt's was. Yeah, um, and, and further uh, rumors uh, swirling about the coaching staff uh, right now. The rumors are that Bill Callahan will be leaving the Browns this off season. Uh, and this came about because as of now, Brian Callahan, son of Bill, I am Uhtred, son of Uhtred, uh, has interviewed for four different head coaching jobs. Uh, and there's growing speculation that if he were to get one of those head coaching jobs, then Bill will leave to be on his son's staff. Uh, this would be a massive blow for the Cleveland Browns organization. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've seen what's happened the last few years with injuries on the offensive line, and it seems like you just plug somebody in that nobody's ever heard of and they become a pro bowler and one of the top players at their position kind of overnight. Yeah, I mean, A, you have a lot of good personnel on your in your starting five, right? Yeah. Like you have well, bona fide all-pros and all-stars um, across that line. But we've been devastated by injuries the last couple of years. And, um, I mean, you guys like Jerron Christian playing left tackle this year. and, and not, <laughs> Ended up being better than your starter. And was, was he the best left tackle in the league? No, but the Browns' offense didn't didn't suffer because of it. But and then go to the lot, other side, and you've got DeJuan Jones taking over midseason as a rookie, and he's just as good as our perennial pro bowler right tackle. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, look, DeJuan, like, we we were sold on DeJuan because he's an Ohio State guy and he's a monster, but the NFL wasn't. I mean, he, was still, he was he was still viewed a, as kind of raw and like he needed he was some a work, work in and, progress. Yeah. I mean, he was big and had all these kind of like tangibles, but um, they weren't sure if he was going to pan out at the NFL level because of, of his size necessarily. So, um, look, I just think he's been probably the most consistent coach that's been around this organization for the last couple of years. Um, you know, his son, obviously, with um, Cincinnati, his his put together a pretty good resume of offensive prowess and is a young up-and-coming stud uh, star coach so um, there's also some interesting family dynamic there like if if you go get a head coaching job does your dad necessarily want to work for you or is he kind of like right do this on your own like we're, we're okay to you know stay separate I don't know I mean right like it's, it's everybody's personal, you know, feeling probably on that. Some some guys might want to work for their son, like hey, it's a family affair, but some might not. So right. I, don't, I don't know where Bill stands on that, but it would be a huge blow to the Browns, nonetheless, for sure. So with that, I mean the the guy that these linemen are blocking for, we kind of mentioned him a little bit ago, but uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of do. I call it a Nick Chubb update here, but it's not really an update. Uh, it has nothing to do with the injury. He's still on track, the same pace that they thought. He's probably going to miss the beginning of next season, uh, but come back pretty early in the season, that first three or four games somewhere. Um, but it seems like the rest of the media has finally picked up on something that we've been talking about all season long and as early as last offseason. Um, and that's the fact, or the possibility, I should say, that Nick Chubb, 
may not be with the Cleveland Browns moving forward. We may have seen the last of Nick Chubb. So what you're saying Brown. is that if people listen to the Burning River Sportscast, they'll be way more informed than they Oh, were. yeah. They'll, they'll get their news a year ahead of time. Watch, watching <laughs> flagship programs at the four-letter networks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, agreed. Yeah, we've been talking about Nick Chubb for a while here and a possibility that he might not be back. Um, I wish we had, a like, a historian, like, <laughs> like one step further of bone where they just went through our old clips and they're like, Oh, you said this for the first time in June of 2023. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's hard for us to discuss, right? Because we all love Nick Chubb. It's kind of why we didn't do it at length all season long. We kind of dabbled, but then we got away from it. Cause we're like, well, we don't want to think about that. It's, right now. I mean, it is not popular to talk about. People don't want to hear about Nick. They get Chubb mad. Not being a Brown. They get mad. They tell us we're insane, but I mean, the facts not are not anymore. The facts are that this is now the second time that Nick Chubb's knee is going to be surgically rebuilt, basically from the bottom up. <laughs> yep. Um, and here's and- the thing. Here's the thing. So they, they it got to the point with the like I said, the media finally caught on, and they're start. They're like, wait. What's going to happen with Nick Chubb? He's coming off an injury, a serious injury. Uh, we don't really have a lot of cap space. Like, what's what's going on here? So they finally asked Andrew Barry in the season-ending uh, press conference about Nick Chubb's future with the team, um, and he responded with the typical, like, you know, we want to, we want Nick Chubb back. We expect him to be here. But his quote was, "Nobody wants to see that carry in Pittsburgh be his last with the Cleveland Browns. We'll obviously work with Nick to do everything we can to have him on the team." Um, and to me, just that quote alone was not like a ringing endorsement. Like he didn't put any strong language in there to put fans at ease. Like we're doing, we are absolutely signing this guy. He's coming back. We're not going to let him go anywhere. I mean, he kind of put a veiled message in there of when he said, we'll do everything we can to have him on the team that, Hey, this guy's got to rework his contract if he wants to be here. And I think he he doubled down on that with the other language he used in the press conference in general, where he kind of said, "We want to retain all our good players." Yeah, um, which, and he said, "We want to, not yeah, we're we, going we want, to, <laughs> right? We want to." Yeah, um, and unfortunately, like the the Chubb contract situation is um, really what puts this thing in a crosshairs because um, he finally did get paid. Yeah. Um, he got a, he got a deal and was one of the only running backs really to get a, a decent deal. And so his contract situation as related to the salary cap, uh, we have the numbers here. Um, next year, it's going to be a $15.8 million cap hit. There's $4 million in dead cap. And uh, there's $11.8 million in cap savings if you cut him before June 1st. And remember, this is a team that's got 26 guys that are going to depart this organization if they do nothing. I mean, they're going to resign yep. some of them, obviously. Yep. But there's 26 individuals that they have to resign or backfill their positions. And then at this point, you get into the conversations again with Deshaun Watson. Like, does is is Jimmy Haslam going to step up and convert all that to a signing bonus uh, again, so that we have more more money to play with uh, and just pay for it out of his pocket? I mean, <clears throat> obviously, he pays for you know it's. Everything out of his pocket. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, the, in order to give the team more flexibility, is he going to give up more money right this second so that we have more room in the cap to, to work with? Or well, what's going to happen here? Now would be the time to do it before they make waves on a new stadium. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and to me, like, the uh, that's actually a really good point that I hadn't thought about is it's the ultimate time to appease the fan base right now. Um, and everybody in Cleveland loves Nick Chubb. So, like... I'm not saying you got to pay. Like I, I understand where they're coming from, and, and we've talked about it. He's coming off a serious injury. Do I think that you, as an organization, want to give him $15.8 million next year? No. 
I don't. It's hard to believe that Nick Chubb's going to come back and not be in Nick Chubb's shape or form. I agree with you. you. Know? He's Nick Chubb. He's Batman. But, um, but yeah, the, the facts are like he had a serious, that was a serious knee injury. I mean, obviously we all watched it and, and happened in real time and it was devastating. Um, but look, I mean, even somebody that's a big fan of Nick Chubb, like myself, like I don't, I don't know what he's my expect. favorite Cleveland Brown of all time. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, you know that's why it was so devastating when he got hurt the way he did, because yep. you don't know how you come back from that. And in today's day and age, guys seem to come back from ACLs and be totally fine. But like, we're not that far removed from that being a career ending injury. Yep. Um, and a lot of that depends on how your rehab goes and how you're able to build up strength around it. Now there's extra scar tissue there in that knee. Um, again, again. So actually, I'm not sure if it was the same knee or not. It's the same knee. It's the same knee. Yeah. So again, so um, I mean, and this wasn't just an ACL. This was the whole knee. <laughs> ACL, uh, MCL, MCL, LCL. LC, yeah. um, I mean, it was it was to the point where you had multiple surgeries because they yep. had to go back and they fixed the ACL last because they fixed the other stuff first. Yeah, they gave it, gave us the old runaround. They're like, ah, oh, it wasn't as bad as we thought, and then they had this first surgery, and they're like, ah, oh, just kidding, it was just as bad as we thought. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so um, look, I just we're gonna have to we'll keep watching this because um, obviously as these dates kind of come up, we're gonna they're gonna have to take action if they're gonna do something. Um, the draft is gonna be a big teller whether or not they bring in another young back in the draft. Um, well, and know, I wouldn't they, be surprised. They use a high pick like their second round pick on a running back. Right. Do they uh do they give do they use that on a running back? Do they possibly use Nick Chubb as trade bait? Um, to say, look, he's we know he's coming off injury, but what can you get? Uh, there's gotta be a team out there that's running back needy that is like, Yeah, we'll take Nick Chubb. You would think that, but look at the running backs that were free agents this year for a long time. That's I mean, true. Saquon was that's out true. there, Dalvin Cook running, was bouncing around. Running backs, uh, the running back position is just a wacky thing right now. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's... it's but then, like, you look at Detroit this year, and they signed Jameer, um, uh, his name White, the running back, and he was a first-round pick for them, like the, the 12th overall pick, and like, he was phenomenal as he got a chance to play, was huge in the divisional round true. playoffs. Um so it's like the position still has value. Gibbs. Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, this one. Um, the position still has value, but yeah. um, these NFL teams like to pretend it doesn't. <laughs> they, they, and, and they sell it. They sell it hard uh, by the way that they do business with the running well, It's like backs. they're all in on it together. Yeah, it's weird. They're allowed to collude, but anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this is just, we wanted to bring it up and talk about it a little bit. It's something worth monitoring. Um, and we just, I just think it's, it's, Pretty funny that we've been talking about this so long, uh, as early as well, yeah, last it, season. Because I think it goes uh, deeper last than even, whatever it was. This, this goes deeper than the injury, right? The conversations we were having was: Does Nick Chubb even fit in Kevin Stefanski's offense? Does Nick Chubb fit in an offense with Deshaun Watson? We talked about, um, you know, the almost the worst thing that could possibly happen for the Browns this year is if they win games without Nick Chubb, and here they are making a playoff push. Uh, without Nick Chubb, and it was led by well, and it, a bunch of journeyman quarterbacks, yeah. and then Joe Flacco kind of saved the day at the end of the year. But they kind of proved that they could do running back by committee yep. with a young guy and a veteran and get away with it. To, to that point, not necessarily wins. the worst thing that could happen for the Browns, but the worst thing that could happen for Nick Chubb. For Nick Chubb on the Browns. Yes. yes. Uh, for the Browns, it's like best-case scenario because as far as contracts go, um, I think they're genuine in the fact that they don't want to lose Nick Chubb, but now they hold all of the power when it comes to negotiation because they're like, well, I mean, we did it without you. So, right. 
And uh, the thing is, you could draft another young back in the second or third round. They didn't just do it without him. They did it without him. And we got no zero production out of our running backs. They averaged like 2.4 yards a carry the rest of the season. Yeah, like I don't think we hit a – if we did hit 1,000 yards, I'm trying to think of what Kareem <laughs> finished with for yards. but Not 1,000. Uh, Jer- uh, Jerome only rushed for like 800 yards or so. Yeah, and he would have been the next uh, highest rusher. So uh, so maybe they hit it around 1,000. I have to look at the team stats. But like collectively, you mean? Kareem, yeah, I know Kareem had a bunch of touchdowns because he was in on a lot of goal lines situations and things but Kareem had multiple games where he had like nine carries for 13 yards though and two touchdowns (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, but the thing is is you could probably probably bring Kareem back on a a deal for two and a half or three million for next year and Kareem already came out and said yeah I'd be probably like that and you could draft another young guy and figure out you know can he compete or is he better than Jerome Ford um, willing to bet he's better than Jerome Ford. Would, if they bring somebody in, yeah, it's good. Like there, there has to be some some backs out there. These backs just turn up out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all this to say, like, we don't want to see Nick Chubb go, but the circumstances around this almost make a Nick Chubb exit like really easy for the Browns. And we just got to remind everybody that we started talking about this way before ESPN did. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm calling them out. <laughs> yeah, F uh, them. F them all. F them all. Uh, next up here, Joe Flacco. Uh, will he return? Uh, the Browns have stated in this same press conference that they would like to have him back on the team. Um, and here's how I see this whole thing playing out. I, I, again, I believe they're genuine in the fact that they want Joe Flacco as a backup. I think he proved this year that he's huge insurance policy Sure. if Deshaun Watson goes down. Um but I think Flacco's going to test the market. I think he may have played himself into like that one-year bridge quarterback starting role. Um, you know, somebody might give him a one-year deal, and he's their starter. He was kind of there, though. Ready. You know, like with Denver and New York, and and couldn't get on the field. And uh, when he did in Denver, like he was a disaster. So yeah. I don't know. You know what free agency is going to look like for him? I don't imagine it's going to be super hot. I don't think it's going to be super hot. I'm just saying I think there's a decent chance he played himself into a one-year starting role. It might not even be a full year. Like if somebody drafts a real young rookie quarterback, they're like, you know, we want to bring in a veteran to start the first few games. And true, could be a scenario with like uh, Bill Belichick in Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. Uh, type deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so even with that, I think Flacco might come back to the Browns and say, hey, you guys want to keep me? Because he seems to really like the city. Uh, I think he. Would was being honest when he said, like, I love the way I was embraced here. I like everything that happened. Um, but here's the deal. Browns don't have the money or the desire to pay a backup quarterback any sort of premium. And you're going to have DTR back next year. Yeah. So the and question I is, like, DTR are the Browns... I think DTR made great strides as the season went on before he got injured. So Sure. It was to the point where people were like, play DTR. <laughs> like, play DTR with Deshaun. Well, after, like, yeah. Well, it, well, and I will say this. I, I, we talked about this on the episode after Joe Flacco had the first loss. We said if he has another loss, like at that point, you probably just go with DTR for the rest of the season, right? Yeah, that was before you got hurt. Um, uh, but then he got hurt, yeah. He, uh, hip, IR, just with, along with the rest of them. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, look. I the Flacco was unbelievable this year. Was a tremendous part of, of the story of this season. Um, you know whether we deem that a success or not. Um, you know the Browns made the playoffs for the third time since 1999. Uh, it's a huge deal, and he he was in the right place at the right time for us. Uh, forever, you know, grateful that you know for the for the games that he played for us and and won. Um, I would love to see him come back as a backup. I, I, Unfortunately, I think, he will never get a statue, though, because he didn't win us a Super Bowl. <laughs> he didn't win us a Super Bowl. I, I could see things getting really interesting, though, if he wanted to come back, because 
God, I you, you if you're going to watch these guys in practice, and if Joe Flacco's arm continues to stay strong, he said he wants to play for another two years. Um, I don't I don't know how you just give that role to Deshaun just because of the money. I don't think there's any chance that Joe Flacco's a starter next year over Deshaun Watson. I think I there's mean, zero chance. I think that's part of the reason Van Pelt went is because his offense was better for Flacco than it was for Deshaun Watson. Right, but it's also Stefanski's offense. So you can always oh, come I, back to that at any time. I mean, here's 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 and here's what I think it's not necessarily this could be a camp battle. Here's what I think happens: Deshaun, through one reason or another, by week two or three, rolls an ankle, gets hurt, misses a couple games. Joe Flacco comes in and wins three in a row, rips off three in a row. Do you go back to Deshaun just because you're paying him $230 million? Or do you go, this is the Joe Flacco we saw last year that led this team to the playoffs. I mean, as long as Joe Flacco's hand is out, why would you not keep playing? I mean, what do I think personally or what do I think as the franchise? Like, what I think personally is, yeah, you ride the hot hand I all mean, day. I think that puts the franchise in a tough spot. Yeah, because well, fans fan base at that point will be, be clamoring. Rabid. This is a big what if, though, is what I'm saying. Like, it's coming out of out of camp next year, like, is, is Deshaun it, Watson's the starter. Okay, but is it a, is it a huge what if to say? Is Deshaun going to stay healthy all year? No, but, I mean, we're. I'm just saying it's, it's a... It's a uh, uh, exercise in futility because nobody knows what's going to happen after that. I just know that coming out of camp, Deshaun Watson is going to be the starter. So, yeah, and by week two, Joe Flacco could be the starter when Joe, when Deshaun rolls his ankle. I guess so. But I, I, I either way, uh, this is all to say I, I think the Browns do want him back. I just don't think they're going to really pay anything for him because they don't have the money to do it. Uh, and we have DTR coming back, who is more of uh, the same style as Deshaun Watson, anyways. So true. Um, I think it just goes like how far do they change this offense? Are they revamping this offense in total, or is this just going to be a new rub on Kevin Stefanski's offense, but with different personnel? Yeah, well, I think I think one of the only ways that they change the offense in total to really make it Deshaun friendly is if they bring in Tim Kelly. Well, yeah, or somebody totally all, all you know, unexpected that runs like a, a college offense, shotgun offense, something that's a spread offense. Like, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, it just kind of goes back to the beginning of this whole thing, though, when they shined to shine in the first place, like how little due diligence was done, how not thoughtful they were about does Deshaun even fit in this offense? I mean, we hear all these stories about oh, Joe Kevin went down to Houston and the devil was, went down to Georgia. He was the one that convinced <laughs> Deshaun like, hey, this can work. And they went through film and they went through all the you know, Deshaun's throws and and Kevin said you could do that here. What part? What part of our offense looks like Houston's offense did when Deshaun none. was a starter there? None. Um, n- none of it. So it's just all a bunch of bullshit at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, but I, we've talked about it before. As, as much as I grew uh, this season to respect Kevin Stefanski a lot more, um, and I'm fine with him getting an extension and all that, and um, you know, I I'm not gonna bash the guy. I've made a couple jokes here, but I'm not gonna totally bash the guy. I think he's he's done phenomenal things, especially this year with all the adversity and injuries and everything else. Um, but at the same time, like, do I buy that Deshaun was like, yeah, I'm coming to Cleveland because Kevin Stefanski came down and talked to me and, and he made me feel like this is going to be it. No, no. Kevin, Deshaun Watson came to Cleveland because Jimmy Haslam called him and said, we're going to give you $230 million guaranteed. And he said, sold. <laughs> exactly. Like we were out. Does anybody not remember the process? We were out. It was it was down to Atlanta and somebody else, and then we came back and said, "What if we guarantee the entire contract?" And he said, "Done, <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in." <laughs> uh, and then Deshaun Watson was a Cleveland Brown, just like that. So, 
Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're going to make you all your your salary for the first year is only going to be a million dollars. I just think Deshaun is the biggest wild card heading into this next season. Like, I just is he going to play well? Is he not going to play well? Is he going to stay healthy? Is he not going to stay healthy? Is the offense going to fit him? Is it not going to fit him? Like. There's so many questions around Deshaun Watson. The only the only answer we have is $230 million. It's, it is it is kind of a weird dichotomy, right? Like, we used to have questions about quarterback, but it was because, like, who's going to be the quarterback? And now the question is, we know who our quarterback's going to be, but which version of our quarterback are we going to get? Well, yeah, like, is, <laughs> is Deshaun Russell Wilson now? Oh, no. I hate Russell Wilson. He's so washed. Yeah, and it's like you look across the table, the guy you gave up that finished you know, ninth in yards and seventh in touchdowns this Here year. Here we go. And you go, well, we, go. we thought we were, thought we were going to get a top five quarterback. Well, Baker's just out there being a top ten quarterback, so. <laughs> we can never escape it. <laughs> but it's like we said, you can't escape that. And as much as everybody, and I, I see it, I see it. Everybody talks about it. They want Baker to go away. They want the Baker talk to go away. It's never going to go away until Deshaun becomes the quarterback that yeah, you brought Deshaun in here to, to be. Deshaun has to be top five quarterback. The minute Deshaun's a top five quarterback, that's when that talk goes away. Yeah. So and We haven't seen it yet. Yep. Uh, but with that, let's take a quick trip around the NFL. All right, so obviously the playoffs are happening. Uh, the Browns are not a part of them anymore. Uh, so let's recap the divisional rounds. Uh, in the AFC, we had Kansas City versus Buffalo in Buffalo. This was a football game. This was a good game. Um, and the Chiefs came out on top in this one, 27-24. Patrick Mahomes is now 3-0 against Josh Allen in the playoffs. Uh Buffalo can't seem to get over that hump. Uh, so what? I mean, what do you? Where do you think they go from here? Do you think they just kind of keep running it back? And they're like, yeah. Well. I mean, watching this game early on, uh, Josh Allen watching him run the ball. Um, I was thinking like, this is that's the difference because he's so big and hard to tackle. Um, yeah, he is. And I thought there's no way he's going to let them lose this game. Um, but the Chiefs are just. Really good. I mean, you're. We're just and the point now. They even had a down season. They had they had the most drops in the NFL since the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. Let's just let that sink in. And somehow they're in the AFC Championship game right now. But yeah. um, but look, I think the problem is like it's almost like a Manning and Brady. Like if Peyton Manning didn't exist and the same time Tom Brady did, or vice versa. Like, would Tom Brady have 14 Super Bowls or would Peyton Manning have 10? Like, the fact is, like, Buffalo's got a good team. They've they've retooled a lot of things. They had a better running game, it felt like, this year. Um, and it just felt like this was kind of Josh Allen's year. Like, he was on the cover of Madden. Like, everybody was high on Buffalo. Uh, but this t- Chiefs terrible, team is terrible, just— Terrible, terrible uh, Photoshop on the cover of Madden. <laughs> this Chiefs team is just a juggernaut. And— I mean, we're, we're even when you on, think they're done, they're not like when you think they're like, yeah, this ain't their year. They didn't look too good this year. Well, here they are. Like, we're to the point now where our uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, like, are they are officially a dynasty? They're the new um, Patriots. They're the new Patriots. Like, as long as Andy Reid keeps coaching there, are they going to keep being in the AFC Championship game? I think they are. Well, as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, I mean, as far as history goes, since he's been the starting quarterback, he's played six seasons and they've been to six AFC Championship games. Well, sure. Like, he literally doesn't not go to the AFC Championship game. 
Well, right, but I just like it's you. It's, it's undeniable now as a thing, right? Yeah, yeah before absolutely. this season, you were kind of like he's had a really good well, run. Now it's like if they cap us off with another Super Bowl, it's like okay, they're you can never they like, they legitimately become the Patriots because the Patriots they did the same thing. They would have a couple years here and there where they were like they just squeaked into the playoffs, but then all of a sudden they make it either to the the conference championship game or the Super Bowl, and you're like these guys just won't go away. Well, and like you forget, like the Patriots went ten years without a Super Bowl before they won. Like, I don't know what their fourth one, but, <laughs> but, um, but it's like, man, as long as Patrick Mahomes stays healthy and Andy Reid's coaching this football team, they are just a tough out. Yeah. The good thing that we, they have, we have going for us is like Travis Kelsey's getting older. Um, he was phenomenal in this game, by the way. I mean, both touchdown passes, catches, um, gave, gave Taylor Swift the heart was just ridiculous. Um, that suite up there had, uh, Jason, Jason Kelsey Jason is one Kelsey. of the most entertaining people of all time. How about athletic? This guy just played an entire NFL season. He's just hopping around outside the box. Outside and how big in like like plyometric jump like onto the top of the box yeah. in into the suite. Oh, by the way, he weighs like two hundred seventy five pounds, ninety pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like that guy in 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 Timberlands and sweatpants, like drunk, no shirt, drunk AF. <laughs> did you see? Uh, did you see the memes of his wife in the background, just like? Like oogling him, like oh yeah, yeah, just like that's my husband. <laughs> uh, I mean, that suite was bumping, so I'm sure they had a good time. But, oh yeah. Uh, look, I just think it's it's tough if you're Buffalo right now, right? It's tough if you're anybody else in the AFC and you start to to look at this Chiefs team and you go, like it's almost that deflating feeling, like when they, like of New England back today. You're yeah. like, what do we what do we have to do to beat this? Can team? they be beat? And I guess we'll see this weekend whether or not the Ravens can beat them. But yep. um, maybe they'll have a formula. Good segue. Good segue. So, so the next game uh, in the AFC this week was the Texans versus the Ravens, and I wouldn't even call this a game. This was just kind of the Ravens uh, had the their Texans way with the Texans. Reached the, just like the Browns with the week before, like the Browns just were out of gas at the end of the rope. This was the it end. was a magical run, but it's got to eventually it all catches up, and you realize like this it's not our time. And what was disappointing was watching this game. This felt like the game the Browns should have played against the Texans, like stifling defense from the, from the rip. I mean, oh, CJ yeah. put that first out up on third down and uh, I forget who the, the back was, but just absolutely just annihilated it. It's ball down. Not, you're not, you're not even a chance to catch it. Yeah. Like, that's what we were expecting. Well, that, that of, was my whole thing with this game is exactly backs. what you just said is, is you're just pissed. All right. You're just yeah. watching it and you're like, this is what our defense was supposed to do. And instead, Every single person on our defense, not just like one guy or two guys or three guys or four guys or five guys or six guys or seven guys or eight guys or nine guys or ten guys. No, all 11 came out and laid an egg. Uh, ten guys did. J.O.K. JOK showed up. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> so ten guys laid an egg, and we got our asses whooped. Um, but this is what our defense was supposed to be. Yeah. It, what's really unfortunate, too, is just the fact that the Browns were a much better matchup with the Ravens. Yeah, like I think this would have we been just, a really good game. We just if, played Houston you know. at the wrong time. Like it was just, it was just. Purely they were hot, that. and we were, and we were cold, <laughs> and we were, we were coming off of some rest that we needed, but probably shouldn't have taken. Like it, it yeah. I will never go back and say we shouldn't have taken. No, we shouldn't have rested our start. We, they absolutely needed it. But in, in general, I'm a guy that says play your guys to the end. I agree. Just because you got to keep. Them but around. in this situation, with all the injuries, I was like, you, you have to, to rest, rest your starters. There's, yeah. Doesn't make sense not to. Right. Um, so, but I mean, did it bite us in the ass? I, who knows what the reason for coming out flat was? But that's what happened. It's at least a part of the. Re- it's, it's it's a variable in the whole equation, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this game was was close. I think in the beginning, I it was reported that I, I, Lamar kind of said um, he. 
had his way with the locker room at halftime was kind of like, guys, what are we doing here? Like these guys are. Lame. Yeah, they asked. And, they asked who talked to at halftime, and he immediately was like, I did. Yeah, and they he, they said, can you give us any? No, no, he, I can't, say, can't say anything say that. that I said <laughs> in the locker room right so here. So it sounds like he lit the locker room up at halftime, and then from there it was just uh, deuces. So yeah, um, look, this Ravens team is good. They played the best football I think for you know, consistently, consistently all year long. long. Yeah. Um, and Harbaugh's a great coach. So if there's somebody Stamp that Harbaugh's, can, I hate all of them. If there's somebody that can scheme against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, maybe this guy's got a plan. They have the defense to do it. You got guys like Patrick Queen uh, out there that and um, uh, Ro- Roquan. Um, I mean, they have the personnel to really um, disrupt a lot of the things that Kansas City does with the intermediate passing game. So. Um, it's just a matter of like, can you slow them down enough, and and does Lamar have enough in the tank to to put up you know probably thirty points again this week? Yeah, and I hate to say this because I don't, I'm not a fan of Lamar Jackson at all. <clears throat> I, I think I just gotta kind of accept that he's a good good quarterback. Now. He's a good player, you know. Like, That's the thing. It's just so weird because like you watch this game, right? He threw for like 140 yards. But then he rushed for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Like, yeah. what, like if you stop one thing, he's gonna light you up in the other place. And he's proven, I think, consistently enough. Like, because I've always said, well, if you take away the the uh, run, he's gonna have a hard time passing the ball. And there have been a few cases that it, that that's actually happened. But for the most part, he doesn't really struggle. He's like, that's fine. I'll just I'll pass the ball all day and throw for three hundred yards and four touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't want to admit it because I've been I've never been on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon. I, I I've thought that he was uh one big hit away from being done for for his entire career and that still may be the case, but I think at this point he's done it long enough and consistently enough that I'm just like hey, he's he's a good he's a really good player. There's no way around that. Well, and that was always my knock on him too was his ability to stay healthy. But like, if you look at the time that he's missed versus Joe Burrow's missed with injury, like Joe Burrow's missed more games than Lamar Jackson has already. So, yep. and, and everybody's like, Joe Burrow is, you know, he's the next big thing. Um, look, he's a tremendous athlete. He can beat you in a ton of different ways. I think the thing is what we've seen with Lamar over the course of the year of the years that he's been in the NFL is, he's just like any other quarterback on days that you can get to him, make him uncomfortable, knock him down. And your secondary plays well those on the back end. Play very those well. are the days you win. Yeah, uh, you know the days that one of those things is off, and he's either got lanes to run in or lanes to pass in. Like you're screwed. It's over for you. He's, <laughs> he's uh, a former MVP, possibly MVP again. He's probably going to win it this year. Now, yeah, yeah. he's probably going to be two time MVP. And I mean, the way this is looking, he might be a Super Bowl MVP this year. Plus, it's scripted. It's going to be the Ravens versus versus <laughs> the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Anyways, uh, we'll get to that though. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about Lamar Jackson, though. Uh, and that'll take us to the NFC side of things. So uh, first game, Green Bay versus San Francisco. Um, this one was actually a lot closer than I thought it would be, and the 49ers did end up pulling out the victory, uh, which was expected, but it was 24-21, and, and Green Bay had a shot there. <laughs> it it still feels like Green Bay won this game. Like Green Bay had all the momentum, was the hot team coming in, and they played like it. Up until basically, have that, you seen all the reels and TikToks like talking about the script interception from this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they're like, oh, it's weird. They scored as basically like with like as time expired. Uh, I mean, how many seconds were left on the clock? I forget what it was, but they they scored there at the end. The 49ers did, and and if you look at the missed tackle by the safety from yeah. Green Bay, it was pretty pathetic. Like he just kind of 
threw his arm at him and was hoping for the best. And, and, and even with that, I mean, I think I think Green Bay got the ball back with a minute twenty one, yeah. maybe left. Well, so. and that was the other part of it. Yeah, you're right. They they did get it with a minute twenty one because uh, Jordan Love on first and uh, ten with two timeouts left and just a went minute. full Brett Favre. Yeah, he was like, I'm going to throw it into three guys, <laughs> triple coverage. Hopefully, nobody picks this off, and then they did. Look, so. and we say that like in jest, like he. Had a phenomenal playoffs. Oh yeah, Jordan. I think Jordan Love proved a lot of the doubters wrong. I was down the stretch. He was. You I was mentioned it before the playoffs started. Uh, he was the best quarterback in the league the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, and then he played very well throughout the playoffs. Uh, he did throw a couple. Just had I that, think he had two interceptions. He just had that one bad one. There was it one that, interception. I, I don't know if he threw how many he threw overall, but I mean that was the one that hurt him, right? Yeah. And because um, even with all that, they still had a chance to come back and win. Um, Look, San Francisco is just a good. San Francisco is just to me. They are just consistent. They can consistently run the ball. Their defense is good. They have um, you know, good defensive ends that can get it to the quarterback and create pressure. Um, and Brock Purdy does just enough with the with the talent around him. You got Kittle, Ayuk, some guy named Conley. I've never seen kid with a huge catch um, in this game. And McCaffrey, like he's it, got tons of talent around. Him. It is funny as high powered as their offense is, they don't lean on it at all. They're like, you guys just be okay. Yeah, they're just good enough to win the game. I mean. And nobody gets gets like big egos or gets mad about, you know, I didn't get the ball enough, whatever. They're just, they're like, yeah, we'll do our jobs. And yeah. they all do their jobs, and then the defense holds teams under 21 points every week. And then they're like, okay, we score 24, we win. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty much what happened in this one, yeah. yeah. I mean, Green Bay was the hot team, came in dealing, and um, – it felt like they had all the momentum. Uh, they had that long touchdown run there, I think, in the second half um, with was Aaron Jones. Um, and I just, you know, just played out just like a lot of San Francisco's games did this year where they just outlasted their opponents and, and waited for them to make a mistake, and they did. Yep. Uh, and then the other game, the NFC, uh, Tampa Bay versus Detroit, and the Lions <coughs> took care of business in this one um, and are heading to only their second, I believe, conference championship game all time. Um, so 31-23 was the final score in that. Baker did have a chance at the end. Um, the the way this game played out at the end was very bizarre because Tampa Bay comes back and gets the touchdown and immediately goes for two. And I'm thinking that's the new thing in the NFL, the analytics that tells everybody to do that because they say then you have two chances to go for two. Um it, they say if you go for two and get it on the first one, then you just got to kick the extra point and you win. And I guess the extra point is not... But you're going to have to go for two at some point regardless. So the analytics tell you if you go for it twice, you're if, more likely to get one of them. If you're if you're playing to win. Yeah. Well, it's... Which I mean, they were. I well, mean, but like it's the it's the playoffs. This last game is just yeah. But that's always game. that's tra- that's traditional knowledge. That's that's I just would, uh, when I you're on take, the road, you go for the win. I, in the division around the playoffs, like I'm taking, I'll play it to the last second because I want I go for the win. You're more to, likely to win, to win in in, in uh, uh, regulation than you are in overtime. I think so much of that is game dependent and momentum dependent, and it's just, it was strange. So anyway, they they go for the two point conversion and they miss. Um, and then Baker gets the ball back with um, about two minutes and a timeout, um, and there's the pick, bad pick. Um, what was really bizarre after that was the fact that Tampa Bay still had a timeout. They didn't call their timeout, and they could have got the ball back with like a second left. They could have got the ball back with more than a second left. Um, oh yeah, because then cause, yeah, it would have been like thirty seconds left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm thinking, like, when there was 38 seconds left and they took their final kneel down, I'm like, 
I get the classy aspect of like, okay, like you guys beat us and we lost, but like there's 38 seconds left. That's where it comes into play. What you just said. This is the, this is the divisional round of the playoffs. Like, like all that stuff not, goes out the door. We you you play to the last second. So why would I not take a punt return and a fair catch and try to lateral my way to a uh, you know, to a or touchdown. shit Baker's got an arm just let him throw it all the way as far as he can what's the thing I mean with 38 seconds you could throw two completions to midfield pretty easily and on the sidelines get him out of bounds get him out of bounds and then do the Baker's tier got plenty of arm to get it to the end so th- that was just like a big fail by Tampa Bay yeah I can't part. believe that um, I just it was it was almost like it's like Detroit Lions of the past, like they I always kind of keep things up. To me, I think it kind of happened too fast for anybody to notice. Yeah, like and because Detroit you, you don't expect like, the Lions to snap it early like they did, right? And Detroit like was just, just lit. I mean, the whole stadium was lit. Yeah, so like you, it was one of those things, like because by the time you realize, oh shit, they snapped it early, like it was only three seconds that you had to be able to call the call the thing because after that, then you're losing valuable time, and then it gets down to like. I don't know. I mean, I guess technically you could have called it at any point, but they had also, I don't know if you noticed, they turned off like the play clocks and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Tom Bowles had taken off his earphones, his headphones and stuff. Right. Um, so, like, at that point, you're like, I, I can't really call Tom But I'm now. like, that's not good. Like, yeah. if that was my head coach, I'd be like, you're fine. <laughs> like, we had a chance that we could have done something with 38 yeah. seconds. And, and yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I thought it was bizarre. Um, but with with Tampa Bay's uh, season coming to – so, first of all, I, I, I'm excited about Detroit because um, that's my dad's favorite team. And I don't root for any other teams uh, in general. But just as far as, like, who's left in the playoffs, I hope they win because uh, it's my dad's favorite team. I only have one word. And they're similar fan bases, all that stuff that we talked about. I only have one word of caution about this Detroit thing. What is it? This Detroit team is going to be good for a couple of years. And these Detroit fans are going to get really annoying. Oh, that's probably fair. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Think about how annoying Browns fans would be to everybody else if, <laughs> if we won a, if we won once. Right. <laughs> I mean, these Detroit fans are going to be like, We're Browns fans. So we're proud. We're proud. Everybody else would be so pissed that we won a Super They would be so happy for us for about six seconds. I mean, like, fortunately, <laughs> they're in the NFC, so we don't got to play them very often. But, God, they're so close in proximity. There's a lot of people here that are Detroit fans. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. going to be – that is going to be one obnoxious bunch of people if they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I would just caution everybody that's like – because I think they're the feel-good well, story of the playoffs, what right? Do, what do I say? All the time. What, what did we talk about last week? They're just like our fan base. Well, yeah. And so what would we do if we won a Super Bowl? Yeah, I would tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so lit. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody would know that the Browns won the Super Bowl. Uh, good morning. Oh, by the way, the Browns won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So you vote, you root for the Steelers? Uh, your team sucks. We would get that tattooed on our forehead. Good morning. The Browns won the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> like that's what's coming. So I just – look, I, I know that Detroit is the feel-good story right now, the NFL, and that's fine. But like I just caution everybody that's like just outright rooting for Detroit at this point. Like this is going to get sour quick. Yeah. Here's uh, one thing about Detroit though. Uh, how about Dan Campbell? I mean, he came in and he's been saying the same thing since he started there. And, and early on, everybody thought he was insane. Yeah. Uh, they're he's like, listen, biting kneecaps off like, listen to this guy. Like what the hell's wrong with him? And now all of a sudden it all makes sense. Um, and I think this kind of speaks to uh, the power of letting your coach actually have a couple seasons to develop and something. And build a culture. Uh, and build a culture because they are 100% behind Dan Campbell. Sure. Like that team, they, I mean, if you watch his speeches after the game, they're sitting, uh, you know, they're they're on the edge of the, their seats. They're they're up there. They're listening to, ev- hanging on every single word he says. 
Um, and you could tell just looking at their eyes and everything that they truly believe in their head coach. The most impressive thing to me, I think, is the job that that guy has done with Jared Goff. Oh, yeah. Because Jared Goff got there in the trade for Stafford and was kind of like, okay, like he's going to be here this year, maybe he'd be the bridge quarterback to something better. Um, and and Dan Kibble... This guy's good enough. He said it to, after to the win. game against the Rams last week. He said, "You're good enough for Detroit." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You're you're absolutely good enough to be a starter in this league," and didn't give up on the kid. And look what it's brought them. I mean, yeah. he's played really well. He's flourished under that offense. Um, and the and, crazy thing is, you you look back, and I know Jared Goff has never been like this big name quarterback, but he put up numbers with the Rams. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody talks about he how was good. A pretty good, pretty big name quarterback. I mean, he went head to head with Patrick Mahomes in that Monday night game. That was like no, but I'm saying like 52. he was never considered in like that upper echelon with like the Patrick Mahomes or like he, he made it to the Super Bowl in like his second or third year. I know, but they he still didn't. Everybody in, said it was because of uh, Todd Gurley. It wasn't because of him. Was, he was in ballers. Okay, they but like, I'm just we, saying nobody. Like, there was literally, Goff. except for apparently you, there was nobody that said it was because of Jared. Goff. He was a or he was a first round draft pick and a, 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 a like highly touted college prospect coming in. I don't know that no one like he was supposed to be like Patrick he was Mahomes, supposed to be, but from the then, day he got into the league and didn't put the numbers up that everybody he, else did, he didn't pan he out. He was never but, viewed as a as a, an elite quarterback. Um, and not that I'm saying that he's super elite now. I'm just saying like I think good it, enough for Detroit. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> it, oh, he's opened a lot of people's eyes to you know I'm not as trash as you guys wrote me off to be after I didn't have the start you wanted me to. Well, I think it just goes to show too, like again, right quarterback in the right situation. You know, we write off so many of these guys. Uh, early on in their careers because they weren't what we anticipated them to be. When you get a second shot at it with the right quarterback and the right coach and the right system and the right culture, um, and then you start to build around him with guys well, like Amon Ross St. Brown, yep. some of the backs that they've brought in. Um, I mean, Montgomery has been not what well, not that he was a prolific back, but like he was kind of like their Kareem Hunt this year. He's a little more productive, but like, um, you know, they've made good personnel moves to build the team around him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's paid off for him. So, yeah. And, and so kind of along those same lines, you know, we talked about Baker and uh, it, it was reported basically immediately after the game that Baker and Tampa are trying to work something out for him to come back. Obviously he's going to test free agent and he's going to, he is finally going to command that big paycheck that he was hoping for before. Uh, he bounced around a little bit. Um, they're saying he's he's projected to be somewhere between thirty and forty five million a year. Uh, the number of years is different depending on which uh, outlet you're looking at, but uh, probably in the range of two to three years. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I have to imagine Tampa Bay is the front runner because of the season that he had there. I think there's two really interesting teams that come into play. Who are they? Um, wherever Bill Belichick lands, especially if it's Atlanta. Yeah. Because um, I could see them going like, these quarterbacks are absolute trash. We need somebody <laughs> that's better than what we have. Yeah. Um, and Pittsburgh. I, I think that would be the ultimate villain move for Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield would. He's, he's instantly the best quarterback on that roster. Listen, I. Um, we Baker was here long enough for me to know that Baker's petty. 
Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying. It's the <laughs> ultimate villain move. And Baker would definitely go to Pittsburgh just so he would have the chance, even if it doesn't work out the way he wants it to. Just a chance to knock the, the Browns out of the playoffs. The chance to shit on the Browns every, every, every year or twice a year. Yep. Like, he would absolutely love that. So I think, I think in my opinion, um, I'm not even worried about wherever Bill Belichick goes necessarily. I'm thinking the two are Tampa Bay, back to Tampa Bay, or going to Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh has to address the quarterback in the offseason. Yeah, they can't go they in next year with And, and they Rudolph. keep freaking winning with Mike Tomlin, so they don't have a high draft pick to get a quarterback with. Right. So, But like, if you can pay Baker and you can out overpay you know, Tampa Bay or whoever, and, and look, I know it's being reported this 30 to 40 million, but I just can't. It may, if, it's going to be on the lower end of that yeah. because of where he's come from. But um, So there could be a bidding war that ends up being the difference between 33 million and 36 million a year. And like, if Pittsburgh wants to bite the bull, on that he would instantly be the best quarterback on their roster man talk about you know there's still a lot of hanger-ons as far as baker fans uh here in cleveland that would be the end of it <laughs> like well that would be the end of it but can you think but it might not be so can you think of that like true just the infighting that that <laughs> pittsburgh would create if they signed baker Mayfield. now i kind of almost wanted to happen <laughs> <laughs> just to see what the fuck goes on uh it could be the ultimate like dick move by the steelers like oh, okay we had a down year and you guys got to make fun of us because you finished ahead of us well guess what we're gonna sign baker mayfield we're gonna destroy your fan base <laughs> absolutely destroy it <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, that would be the most brownsiest thing that could happen. Holy to you. Like if cow! Baker Mayfield was beat us twice a year every year for the next ten years. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so yeah, I, I like those two teams as front runners to get Baker. But anyways, uh, another thing uh, as far as the two teams that we just talked about, Tampa Bay, Detroit, uh, the Lions have signed tight end Zach Ertz for the rest of the playoff run. Uh, this comes after Brock Wright was injured in this weekend's game, and it leaves the Lions with only one healthy tight end on their roster in Sam Laporta, and he's actually injured as well. Yeah, so. he's a healthy is a stretch for him. Yeah, he's He's been playing with that Dealing knee with brace. Knee yeah. Um, they said that's the biggest brace he's ever played with, and he wasn't sure how he was going to be able to move in it. Seemed like he was okay this weekend, but um, it also seemed like he's he's waiting for his leg to just snap at any time. <laughs> it's like, right, something bad might happen. I don't know. We'll see. But we're, we're going for a Super Bowl, so I got to play. Uh, next up here, uh, it was reported this week that McCar- uh, McCarthy is not expected to receive an extension in Dallas. So there may be another coaching vacancy soon, and he'll be kind of fired. Fired. Uh, but not really. He'll just not be retained. Uh, but on the flip side of that, uh, Nick Sirianni is officially staying in Philly. They made the announcement. He will meet with media later this week to discuss that. Um, so... Good job, Nick Sirianni. I mean, what a fall from... I mean, you were in the Super Bowl a year ago. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if Stefanski was in the Super Bowl last year and then this year? We like Immediately after the season, we were like, fire Stefanski. Like, <laughs> can we go back 12, uh, 12 months and just think about where this team was? Like, yeah. You can't you can't fire the guy right well, now. Well, and, and the freaking Eagles were one of the best teams all year long. Like, as much yeah, they as they had, had good problems and, and, and things kind of came off the rails towards the end there, they still had a good season. Yeah. Like, they... Would they finish eleven and six or whatever they were? Like, yeah, they were because they won ten games and they went on a stretch where they went one and six or whatever to finish the season. Yeah, so I mean I don't know, but, but yeah, <sighs> Nick Sirianni will be back. And speaking of head coaching jobs, Atlanta has now interviewed Bill Belichick twice and Jim Harbaugh twice. Uh, who do you like between those two guys for Atlanta? Look, I didn't think Atlanta was going to be the fit for Belichick, but I, it sounds more and more like that is uh, ramping up that he's going to be the pick there in Atlanta. Um, I do think that Harbaugh is a better fit in L.A. So, if nothing else, I think maybe Harbaugh uh, 
takes the Chargers job before they even have a chance to to offer on the Atlanta side. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I think that uh, as weird as it would have sounded if you told me this, like right when coaching searches and everything else started, that Bill Belichick would be in Atlanta. I mean, it's kind of starting to really look that way. Uh, if you ask me, I know they, they've interviewed, they've actually scheduled a few other people, I think, to do a second interview, but it's, it's, I mean, it seems I, like those two guys are the front runners. I think the fact that there's enough young talent there, um, and the fact that they're in a weak division puts it, it puts that top of list for him because, yeah. um, you, there's a lot of divisions in football. Like if you were to go to I'm trying to think of just other vacancies that are open that just would make the road to getting to the all-time wins number much more difficult. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think Atlanta makes sense for him, and and also uh, even more so because, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, <clears throat> uh, the Chargers have uh, scheduled their second interview with Jim Harbaugh, uh, and that seems like a better fit for him. Um, just in the fact that I mean, he's everywhere he's gone, he's like dominated uh, as far as wins and losses, and they've got a pretty solid roster to really start building something they're around. The best team in the NFL can't win football games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every it's year like the, they're it's like, like for that. Like our piece is always we're missing a quarterback. Their piece seems to be they're missing the head coach to put it all together. Yeah. Um, and Jim Harbaugh might be the guy. Uh, and talk about being thorough for the Chargers. They've interviewed 15 head coaching candidates. They've had multiple second interviews with head coaching candidates. And they've interviewed eight GM candidates, Look, uh, but no second interviews announced there yet. Good on them. They know it's a problem. They don't want to screw it up this time. Yeah, so, uh, but I do, I do think that most likely Jim Harbaugh ends up uh, as the Chargers' next head coach and Bill Belichick ends up as the next Atlanta Falcons head coach. Just a real quick hypothetical. Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta. Atlanta wins the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> like, what does that do for the Brady? I think it Belich- starts it all up again. It starts debate. it all up again. It's like, but you know, because then you get the arguments of, well, when Brady left the Patriots, he left them in cap hell and everything yeah, else. And, right. and he had to try and rebuild, but it was, you know, it was too late. The roster was already decimated. So, yep. I, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So I think I think it just starts it all up again. <laughs> Brady comes back for at forty six. Like, well, fuck you! I'm gonna go play for somebody else and win another Super Bowl. I'm the only guy to win Super Bowl with three different teams. What if Brady comes back and plays for Atlanta? They're like, we're a quarterback away. <laughs> I'm in. You talked me into it. I got a, I got another good season in me. Uh, that would be the ultimate. Like, let's let's go out on top together, buddy. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Ron Rivera former head coach of the commanders is interviewing for the DC job in Philly right now. So not right now, but I mean <laughs> like this week, right this very moment live, uh, which is, which is wild. I mean, talk about dude's been a head coach for ever. Uh, run. And the fact that he's kind of taking a step back now, right? Well, he's had some pretty big failures over the last few years. <laughs> That's, as head fair. Coach, uh, That's fair. Panthers in Washington. Um, I feel like he just doesn't know how to pick the right head coaching job. I'm sure there was others that well, offered him and he was like, I'm going to take the worst possible situation. Scariest environment imaginable. Yeah, I mean, you go to the worst ownership <laughs> groups, the teams of the worst history, and the That's all you had to say. Least, scariest environment imaginable. Least amount of talent <laughs> there. I mean, like, what was he looking at when he went to the commander? He was thinking, well, we got Chase Young. This so. is a good situation. <laughs> yeah, I like this. I mean, out of all the places to go, they get the worst ownership group of football. Like, that had to be very clear, at least. 
Yeah. <laughs> Every year they're talking about just like kicking them out of the league. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> you, like you guys suck. <laughs> how do you pick them over anybody else? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see if he lands the decent I job in Philly. You sleep in the bed that you make, right? Yep. I mean, that's that's where Ron put himself. Yep. Um, and then it's safe to say that the Patriots' way has gone out the window. Uh, Gerard Mayo has been very outspoken since taking over for Bill Belichick, the complete opposite of what Belichick always was. Um, and his latest statement is that he's ready to burn, quote, burn some cash to kickstart the Patriots rebuild. Um, and it's not a big deal that he's outspoken. It's just kind of very interesting to watch given that it's almost very Dan Campbellish. It, yeah, but it's just, it's, it's been interesting as it unfolds because for so long, for over a quarter of a day or for about a quarter of a century, We've seen Bill Belichick like the Patriots way and ever like tight lipped. Oh, yeah. Everything's like very business like at Gerard Mayo from get go. He's like, I'm here and we're ready to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's been it's been weird. It's not the it's not uh, your daddy's Patriots. You know what I'm saying? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Look, I'm excited to see what they do this year. I think um, they could definitely make some noise. Um, that interesting, can, that interesting, that division continues to be interesting because yeah. um, you have the Dolphins that can score 70 points but can't beat anybody. Uh, can't beat good you teams. The, the Bills that who could beat are, everybody except beat everybody for the Kansas Chiefs. City. Um, then you got the Jets coming back with Aaron Rodgers. So like. You know, Gerard Mayo has his his work cut out for him. Did, did they really want to compete with uh, our division? They're like, we want to be the AFC North. I mean, they they could be one of the tougher <laughs> divisions next year for sure. They were supposed to be this year, but um, Buffalo kind of had a slow start and Patriots were ass. Uh, Patriots were ass. So and then Aaron Rodgers got broken broke his leg. On, his uh, Ayahuasca. He ran the flag out and then he was he was gone. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, with that, that'll conclude the trip around the NFL. Um, so let me remind you all to call the Burning River Sportscast Hot Take That's right. Don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on the Hot Take Outline. Remember, these are hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 330-227-8080. So it's for cold take at this point. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. Call now. Operators are are not standing by. It's just an answer machine. But let's take a quick break and then get back here and talk about how the playoffs are going to shake out this week for everybody that's left. Topat Distillery, an award-winning craft distillery located in Akron, Ohio. Topat Distillery focuses on high-quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Topat's lineup includes an ultra-smooth, award-winning premium vodka, a small batch silver rum made from the highest grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals, and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Towpath Distillery, now available locally and in 46 states. Visit towpath-distillery.com to place your order online or find an OHLQ retailer near you. Towpath Distillery, handcrafted, award-winning, small batch, local, and family-owned. All Cleveland Coffee. All Cleveland Coffee is a coffee company that launched earlier this year in Cleveland, as the name would suggest. Founded by Browns legend and Hall of Famer Joe Thomas and six-time heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC, Stipe Miocic, along with a team of several other brilliant Clevelanders. All Cleveland Coffee is on a mission to give one million meals back to the community through an official partnership with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. How will they do this, you ask? Well, with every bag of beans purchased, three meals get donated to the food bank. It's 
such an awesome idea. A bunch of great individuals were involved, and the result is the best coffee in Cleveland, bar none. It comes in three roasts, light, medium, and dark. The dark is what Joe Thomas enjoys every day. I, myself, and my co-host here, Kenny, are medium roast guys. All Cleveland Coffee. Visit all-cleveland.com today to order your coffee and donate a few meals in the process. All Cleveland Coffee. Ethically sourced, premium roasted, and three meals donated for every bag purchased. Okay, so so again, we know, we know, we do have one interview left in the Cleveland Browns Fan Cruise Alumni Interview Series. Uh, we haven't been able to make it happen yet. Hanford Dixon uh, will be interviewed soon. We'll get that out to you guys. Uh, before the cruise, 100%. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's like every time I say cruise, that happens. <laughs> what the hell's happening? What was that? I know what that is. What that is, is it? the official signal to remind you that the Cleveland Browns fan cruise is just 46 days away. 46 days? We're getting close, man. <laughs> we are getting close. We... Per- uh, we... Better get my passport. Yeah, uh, we got to get this thing going. Uh, But that's right. March 11th, we set sail for five unforgettable days at sea with nearly 20 Cleveland Browns alumni, including Hanford Dixon. It's going to be hella dope. It is going to be dope. (laughs) Excuse me. Seriously? That's how excited you are, huh? I couldn't keep my... You know. You got problems. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so uh, come set sail with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of alumni that you can talk to, get autographs from. You, you're guaranteed an autograph from every single one of them, just so you know. Yeah, because there's just autograph sessions. Yeah. And they're going to give you like Multiple. pictures pictures of the players to get autographed. Yeah, they're like, here's your picture. This is what gets autographed. Like, you don't have to bring anything with nope. you. Nope. You don't have to do anything. Except uh, for show up. Except for show up. Go to the fan cruise. And then go to dinner with us and yeah. hear me belch. Uh, yeah, that's gross. Uh, we we will be emceeing some events, uh, parts of some events. Uh, the opening day pool party. Uh, we'll have a segment on that. We'll have some segments on the closing day pool party. The big the, auditorium event. Yeah, the Q and A with the players, uh, and we will also have our own tiki hut that we'll be doing a podcast from the beach uh, type thing. A beach cast. A, a burning beach. river beach cast. Burning river beach cast. Yes. Uh, we'll be interviewing some fans that are on the fan cruise as well as the alumni so it'll be a lot of fun make sure you join us if you haven't got your tickets yet you're wrong that's right um and that'll take us to the nfl divisional round preview segments are getting shorter and shorter because there's less and less teams there's less teams (laughs) there's only two this week the afc championship game is kansas city at baltimore um kenny I'm the only one here. Yeah, who do you uh, got? Um, Kansas City is just so darn good and has such a track record heading into this game. It's tough to pick against them. But I've been picking Baltimore all year. I think they have been playing the best football consistently of any team all year. Um, I like what Lamar has done. Likely going to be um, MVP of the league. Um, that defense is just sick, nasty. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think Kansas City is like a year away from being a Super Bowl winner again because I think they're going to reload receivers in the draft this year, and then they're going to be hella scary again. Yeah, um, I think this is the year. Although they're like, they're notorious for not getting receivers, so yeah. But if they can get one or two into that mix of guys that are already pretty good. Um, and they add another stud, like they're just going to be unstoppable again. Uh, this is the one year where the receivers are kind of weak outside of Kelsey. Um, 
I'm going to go Baltimore. Um, I think this is a, a high-scoring affair. We'll see what the weather does, but it'll be outside in Baltimore. Um, I think that levels the playing field a little bit when you're playing Kansas City because yeah. no one likes to go to Arrowhead in, in January. Um, but, and and M&T Bank Stadium has been uh, pretty rowdy itself. So uh, sure. I'm going to go Baltimore. Let's call this uh, 38-35. Nice. Um, I'm – I just hate Baltimore, and I don't want to see them in a Super Bowl. Oh, I don't want them either. So, just <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Simply because of that, and because I'm I'm um picking with my heart here, and what I want to see, I'm going Kansas City. Um, all of the reasons that you laid out are very good arguments for why Baltimore will make it to the Super Bowl this year. Um, and I can't, I don't really have an argument against any of them. <laughs> uh, but Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is special, um, and I mean. The dude seems to will his team to victory at every turn. So I'm just going to go with the X factor of Patrick Mahomes. Um, I will say the last time Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson faced off, though, Lamar Jackson got him. Yeah. Last second touchdown. Uh, the only knock really on Kansas City in the playoffs was that they have always had home games. And so they were kind of thinking yeah. with, with going to Buffalo. Like it, was his, it was his first, uh, his first road victory. And now that, now, that, now that Patrick Mahomes has a road victory in Which, the playoffs, is like is, is – which is technically, that, like, they play the Super Bowl at a neutral site, so, like, that's an But does that game, open but, up, like, okay, I can win anywhere now. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I'm taking Kansas City, and I'm going to go... I'm going to go 21-17. Uh, yeah, Kansas City's defense is going to play out of their mind, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then I did get... I, I am doing a proxy for, for Bone Man. He did send in his picks for us. So he has Baltimore 27-24 in this one. Nice. Um, and so that'll take us to the NFC side of things. We've got Detroit at San Francisco. Um, we'll start with Bones. Uh, he sent that in as well. He's got San Francisco in this one, but he's got a nail-biter. He's got a 31-30 Ooh. Uh, coming down to the wire. So um, myself... I'm going to disagree with the big bone man. I'm taking Detroit to go to the Super Bowl. Even though this thing's scripted and you know it's going to be Baltimore versus San Francisco, I'm taking the other two teams. Uh, I'm taking Kansas City versus Detroit in the Super Bowl. Uh, I've said it all along. I'm, I'm kind of – I don't root for any other team. But as far as just like a sentimental pick uh, because it's my dad's favorite team and he's been suffering just as long as we have. Maybe not just as long, but he's been suffering a long time like us. Um I would rather Detroit win this game than San Francisco. Uh, and I'm going to go Detroit wins this one. I think they actually win it, win it convincingly. I'm going to go 28 to 17. Wow. Okay. Um, this Detroit team is special. I mean, they have yeah. kind of this uh, team of destiny kind of thing around. They're what the uh, Browns were supposed to be. Um you know, we talked earlier about Dan Campbell and what he's meant to that that franchise over the last couple of years and the way he's turned that program around. I do think this thing is fixed and it's going to be Baltimore versus San Francisco <laughs> yeah. because yeah. that's 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 the colors of the logo. Apparently, the script in the NFL. Um, because did you see the, the things on the on the cable networks where they one of the new the networks uh, accidentally leaked it and it was like the the Super Bowl halftime show by whoever oh, whoever sure. whoever during yeah. the Baltimore Ravens San Francisco game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's totally fixed, so we know this in Baltimore and San Francisco, but. Just in the interest of hoping that my favorite sport is not fixed, I'm going to go Detroit 
they've got the hot hand. They've been playing well. Uh, they've got all of the the momentum and all the feel good story behind them. Um, plus, here's the thing about San Francisco that I don't like. Brock Purdy is Mister Irrelevant. You come in, have a great first year, and then you go to the Super Bowl your sophomore year and win it. Like, there's rules here. <laughs> you got to pay your dues. You don't just get to be Mister Irrelevant, anything, and just come in and just be uh, on a good team and win the Super Bowl. Like, f you. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go to Detroit 28 24 in this one, um, even though it's going to be San Francisco. And yeah, Baltimore. I'm with you there. Super I want Detroit Bowl. to win, and I want Kansas City to win, but. It's going to be Baltimore and San Francisco. What are the Super Bowl that would be if it's Detroit versus Kansas City? Because like Kansas City's got you know the Kelseys and Taylor Swift. It'll be like pop culture America versus like hardworking blue collar America. It'll just be a civil yeah. war. Yeah, it'll be on awesome. Its own. It'll be awesome. <laughs> so much more interesting than Baltimore versus San Francisco. Yeah, I mean that's going to be powerhouse defenses. It's going to be a low scoring game. It's going to be a terrible game to watch. Yeah, um, I saw one. Uh, like if if Baltimore and San Francisco play, I think it might legitimately be like thirteen to ten. It could be. It's gonna be awful. Um, as much as I like defensive battles, it's gonna be awful. I saw one influencer post this week. The the script um, is still alive, um, except for they had Baltimore and they had the line going to the color that you know that it's like purple and red for San Francisco. Yeah. They had the color line going to the Lombardi trophy, which is silver. And they were like, it's Detroit and Baltimore. And I was like, Hey idiot. The Lombardi trophy <laughs> is in every one of these logos. <laughs> you can't use a trophy. Like, like, go punch yourself in the nuts. What a terrible take. I just, uh, plus like, just, I don't know, uh, get on TikTok or YouTube or any of these, uh, these, uh, social medias at any point, And nobody's saying that that's the script. No, not a single person. Um, it was also an influencer we reached out to once and tried to have on our show, and they just didn't respond. So f them, f them. <laughs> uh, but anyways, let me remind you to call the Burning Over Sports Hot Take Hotline. Don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on the Hot Take Hotline. Remember, these are hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. All the hot takes. We want the hot takes. Three three zero two two seven eight zero eight zero. Three three zero two two seven eight zero eight zero. Three three zero two two seven eighty eighty. Call now. Operators are not standing by. No. And be sure to check out our gear. www.theteppenmedia.com backslash shop go, go to show show specific click on burning over sportscast that's this, this podcast and you will see all of our gear it is fucking dope get some wow go on and get some bringing endorsement uh and that'll do it for us kenny what can we expect next week well i can tell you that next week we're going to uh recap what's going to be a hella awesome weekend of football conference championship games on sunday three and six or three and six thirty whatever it comes out to be uh look this is the best time of the year uh really the divisional the the wild card weekend is my favorite because it's just football on non football 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 but when you get to this point in the season you get to championship week it's just really good football it's the best four teams in the game playing yep. off against each other. So going to be a ton of fun. Um, and then we will uh, follow along uh, all the way through the Super Bowl here. So we'll continue to make picks up until the big game. Um, we'll probably also uh, throw a little bit of Pro Bowl coverage in there because we'll have that in between the Super Bowl and the championship what, week. Are, so they, we'll, are they doing the Pro Bowl games again? Yeah, we'll talk about it next week and go through it's, kind of uh, itinerary of what they're going to do. The Pro Bowl games! Pro Bowl games! Uh, yeah. And then Obviously, we should uh, come up with a segment that's literally like Hunger Games, but like, <laughs> like, like I know we kind of dabbled in it last year, but we should really do it this year, like full Hunger Games. Wow, are we style. Ki- are we just killing off 
players? What are we doing? No, like like me and you, just like the way we commentate this. Like, me and you'd fight to the death? No. Oh. I mean, I would win. You would lose. I mean, I'm pretty sure I could squash you at this point. <laughs> That's true. Suffocate if you, you sat on me, I could not breathe. <laughs> um, no, I'm saying like, like what's his name? The dude that announces the Hunger Games that always talks. Uh, um, yeah. Um, what's his name? Yeah, we just do the whole episode. Just like him, Hunger Games voice. Yeah. <laughs> this is the the Pro Bowl game, 74th annual Hunger Games Pro yeah. Bowl game. All right, maybe not, but anyways, um, go on. And then, obviously, we'll be covering <laughs> any Browns news that comes up along the way. And don't forget to check us out on social media. Tappan Media is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Tappan Media and Burning River Sportscast. That's this podcast is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast on X. At Burning River Pod. Pod. You can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And you know that takes us to Kenny. Facts for days. You should match that up with my voice, like music. <clears throat> I like it. <laughs> Facts for days. This is gonna be. Uh, this isn't gonna be as funny today because Bone has good reactions usually. So yeah, we'll miss Bone. Here Somber for sure. Again, once again, pray pray for the family. Hopefully, pray. If, you finds, if you're not religious, don't pray. Peace. Just think about them. Um, Thoughts and prayers. Color picture. Um, facts for days. Let's hear them. Uh, number one. Number one. Alaska Ooh. is the only U.S. state whose name is typed using just one row of the standard keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Uh, that's, okay. Uh, number two. I like when we have these lighter ones that I, we just move on from. We're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they're, not, they're not as controversial. Yeah. Number, number two. Number two. Uh, the Windy City, Chicago. I hate Chicago. I know you do. I actually like Chicago. I, we have some family in Chicago, and I love visiting them, but you hate what do, Chicago. What do you like about it? I just like this. I don't I can't really put my finger on it but i just like the older i get the bigger the city i hate more like. i will say in general i don't like being in really big cities uh for extended periods of time walk because, everywhere. yeah it's just difficult but um for a couple that's probably why i like chicago i like going there for a couple days i don't you like going there it for, takes forever to get into a restaurant uh eh, it depends on where you go if you know people that live there if you they go can tell somewhere you where to go good no, there's a lot of good restaurants outside of the main tourist attractions in, in Chicago. Those aren't good. There's no one in them. If there's no one there, how can they be good? Yeah, tourist spots are not the spots that locals go. The Bro, spots that locals go are I ain't even better. talking about tourist spots. I'm just saying, the whole city is trash. Um, I disagree, but go on. Uh, the Windy City, Chicago, yeah. is not necessarily named after its weather. Journalists coined the term in the 1800s to criticize the people in Chicago, as being full of hot air. Huh. You just said they suck. <laughs> and that journalist agreed, and then they just accepted. They're like, "Yep, we're the windy city." That's right. Wow. Incredible. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to let the cousins know that live out there. That's right. Let them know they're full of hot air. You guys are full of hot air. See, Don't even talk to me. You're from it is Chicago. Windy You're full there. Full of hot air. But it's a double entendre. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Number three. Do you know what the bean is? Yeah, it's, it's the worst tourist attraction on the planet. It's a big silver chrome bean. It's not even a bean. It's, it's a just, cloud. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's a cloud. It's it's everything about Chicago that I hate. <laughs> Go on. Number three. Number three. <laughs> I've got Kenny so turned down now because he's talked too much about There's Chicago. There's one good pizza place in all of Chicago. Number three. 
Chicago Pizza Company and Grinder Company for those who are wondering. What's number three? They make a pizza pot pie. What's that, number three? They make a pizza pot pie that will blow your balls off. Hell yes. I want to keep my balls, though. Some Mediterranean bread. Number three. Uh, in, uh, in the uh, file for Don't Let Your Teachers Get You Down. Okay. I didn't know that was a file, but go on. In 1958, high schooler Bob Heft designed the 50-star American flag that flies today. At the time, Alaska and Hawaii were not yet states. Heft assumed they would become states, rightly. And so he altered his family's existing 48-star flag to add two more stars. His teacher gave him a B-minus at the time. What a dick. But two years later, after President Dwight D. Eisenhower selected his flag's design out of 1,500 submissions, Heff's teacher changed his grade to an A. How do you retroactively, two years later, change a grade <laughs> to an A? Like, it's already done. You already got your report card. You already moved on. Everything's done. What, what, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, about? how embarrassing. I am pissed right now. <laughs> how embarrassing if you're a teacher, you give somebody a bad grade on the project, and the president of the United States is like, nope, overruled. This is the GOAT. This is our new flag for the entire country. <laughs> it wasn't good enough for you Ms. Should, Mrs. Coleslaw. In, in my opinion, Miss Coleslaw should be fired forever. <laughs> forever. You have to retire from teaching that day. Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, you have been, uh, when do you get uh, dishonorable discharge <laughs> from teaching? She's going to get discharged. <laughs> Don't be a part of the problem. Be the whole damn problem. And only you can prevent river fires. Burning river sports Burning rivers. Burning river sports Burning deep down inside. Burning. Burning. Make this face. Burning Sanders. Burning Sanders. I like that. Burning Sanders. Burning river sports Oh, you can't waters. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. But you can be happy if you put your mind to it. Good night, Cleveland. Browns fan crews and the Burning River Sportscast. What better combination could you possibly think of? Motorboat. You play the motorboat. You motorboat son of a bitch. You old sailor. You. You know, I was thinking during that interview. What? What were you thinking? Nothing, because you don't have thoughts, because you're a brainless idiot. Wow. My name is Utrid, son of Utrid. By the way, I want my foreskin back. Women's Guide to to Anal Sex, and it was the second edition. Who makes the second, second edition? edition? Nice. Um, he didn't want to send her the first edition. He wanted to send her the second edition. Listen, um, this one they made some improvements. <laughs> yeah, we figured out how to do this better. The weather outside is weather. The other one, the finger, the finger eating food fingers. Uh, yes. Ejaculate all over my body and my genitals. Yes. Funny, funny how? How am I funny? Goddamn Jets. Um, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Of hope, and now we have no hope. I saw enough um, Joe Flacco hate like on on social media after this game. It's like, if you're blaming Joe Flacco for this, like, 
Did you not watch the first get, half? Get a life. Like you're not, right. you're not even a football fan. You don't know dick about football. I mean, when I last year when I won and went home, you know, my wife's pants hit the ground. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. Oh, wow. But damn. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You're weak. You know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Now, I think we've officially lost all of our more conservative viewers. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think they want to listen any longer. This is, this what is just happened? It's Mother Nature. Where's Logo Girl when you need her? I desperately want to make love to this cheese we girl. We need cheese girl now. Down goes Anderson! Down goes Anderson! Who's canceled now? Who's canceled <laughs> now? Probably me. You making a photo of fat people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Just you. We're a whole race, basically. <laughs> Way you just straight just finger bang their salad. <laughs> you first get shocked and then you get the shocker. <laughs> hey, you like to see almost naked? That's cool, man. Whatever. No, 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 no. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you were here? Today's episode was brought to you by Topath Vodka. Topath Vodka, an award-winning, ultra-premium, extremely smooth, high-quality vodka. Six times distilled and made from Midwest corn and Ohio fruit. Clean and crisp, a truly high-quality spirit made right here in Northeast Ohio. Available locally in Northeast Ohio and online in 44 states. Topath Vodka. Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cribbs, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! Browns!